Nobody's Famous Podcast. All right, guys, we are back on another episode of the Nobody's Famous Podcast. We are back on an amazing, weird, and crazy episode today. And my guest is Ala Abi Ali, who is actually my roommate in, in, in university, believe it or not. And uh, man, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you feeling? Man, I'm very happy to be on the show. I'm proud of you for putting up the show. And uh, those were some amazing, amazing, crazy days we had in, in oh, college, yeah. man. I, oh, best yeah. four years of my life, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, honestly, I mean, it's uh, it's a long time ago now. We're talking about, um, what is it, like 14, 14, 13 years. And uh, I want to really start by, by saying a few words from the bio that you sent me to give the audience a context of, of, of the type of person that you are now. I'm not talking about who you were back then. Let's talk about who you are now. Maybe you'll uh, talk about how you were before later on. <laughs> so, Back then, it was what I what I wrote, but <clears throat> it was all in the making, you know, trying to figure yeah. it out. Lots of obstacles, society stuff. <laughs> so, Ala, this is what you this is what you wrote to me. I believe I am the soul in every experience. I'm already confused. As a child, it was difficult for me to understand how people's socioeconomic classes made my father's eyes darken. The realize, that realization defined the rest of my life. His pain, patience, and perseverance. Ideally, and with all my brevity intact, I believed in art and still do, as a musician. I believe in poetry and words, where words in our humanity pave the way. Professionally, I got into marketing in order to utilize my creativity in industrial channels. My dreams made my life a better place even when I was presented their toughest questions. I love that one. My personal motto has always been, what is the question and who is it that may be asking? I dare to believe and continue to answer. See, the thing is right now, I don't even know how to begin this show. I really don't know how to begin this show because this paragraph has a lot of questions that I'm just confused reading it. And yet there's even more to it. There's, there's you sent me a couple of topics honestly and um we'll begin with the question so so i'm just gonna go with some of the stuff that you said here what do you mean when you say you are the soul in every experience um i guess it's like it comes down to translations right so if you if you're within a certain experience if you're experiencing anything um your surrounding sort of starts to make you uh, feel certain things, uh, react to, you know, stimuli. <clears throat> and in that sense, you sort of, uh, I guess uh, you have to acknowledge the fact that you're dealing with the unknown uh, very often, right? So wherever you you really are, uh, you're sort of still like unraveling or unfolding uh, explanations, your means to understanding. So that's what I mean. It's whenever you're you're in a situation where uh, you're experiencing anything, uh, you you always find yourself like tapping back into your soul, and uh, you know projecting it outwards in order to make sense of whatever it is that you are you know experiencing. Whatever it is you're trying to understand, whatever it is you're trying to bring out, it's always your soul, right? 
And and how does that? Uh, let's, let's say your collection of experiences. Yeah. But how does your feeling? How does this feeling change when there's something you are working on that you actually are knowledgeable about or aware of? Because you're telling me when you're experiencing something new, that's where your soul is like you. You're in your your soul is trying to make sense of it, and you still don't know what decisions to take, and it's new to you and all that. But if there's something you're approaching that you that you know and you're knowledgeable, right. uh, does do you have a different feeling? For example, for me. Maybe I'm a bit detached because I know what to deal with. I might become complacent. I know how to deal with it. So I don't put my soul in it or get um, so down. Into I wouldn't the... believe that, man. Uh, I wouldn't believe that. To me, that's sort of like a self-contradicting. It's a, it's a contradictory question uh, or you know, way to phrase it. Uh, it's because, um, like you said, uh, you may be familiar with how certain things go uh, or like, you know, uh, like I said, you don't really have to seek seek your soul whenever you're facing anything. Sorry, I have to fix that. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but like you have to seek your soul for any given experience or anything you are, uh, you know, uh, you are within in time. Uh, but I guess you're always in between thoughts, right? So that's that in a way, it's sort of like facing the unknown. You're You're already there. Whether you're familiar with what it is you have to do, which is like the routine, or what it is you're expecting, or what it is uh, you're trying to imply, you know, you can be familiar with all of that. But in one way or the other, um, you're either, uh, you know, on the path to self-actualization. It's your identity mm-hmm. in the making. You're always sort of like typing down your uh, your signature, your mental signature, your soul signature, your personal identity. You're, you know, you're always putting it out there. Uh, but I guess you're always facing the unknown. I mean, in one way or the other, uh, even when you're in your own house, you're thinking like, what am I going to do? Right. Or, or, you know, you're watching a series or whatever it is. You're always in that spot. Uh, that's just my opinion. I believe you're always in that spot where, you know, what happened, what happened in the past, what's about to happen. It's always sort of like a dark circle that's around Correct. you. Correct. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. kind of like uh, what Socrates said as well. He knows nothing. And he was the father of philosophy. And that's probably why, <laughs> you know, I was also reading another book. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Carlo Rovelli. It's called The Order of Time. And he said uh, something like, you know, it was always the unknown. Uh, that may have been Jordan B. Peterson. But he said, it was always the unknown that drove us forward, right? It was like that fear we felt. Uh, from not knowing, you know, anything or like being in a situation where we didn't know, gave us that fear where that flight or uh, fight sensation uh, was always determined, you know, by the fact that you just didn't know you were afraid or you were in awe, you were shocked. But basically it it was always always the unknown or not knowing that kept you going, basically. Yeah, the more you know, the less you know, I guess. It's crazy. And I want to understand the second part when you, because uh, you said that, and then you say something very different after it. As a child, it was difficult for me to understand how people's socioeconomic classes made my father's eyes dark. Because this is, <laughs> then you react to it in your, your other, your other, like uh, the paragraph, you react to it. 
And you say, yeah, it's, it's organization defined the rest of my life. Yeah. What, what was it? You said that that realization defined the rest of my life. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Pain, patience, yeah, and perseverance. Me, it made me, want to, made me want to construct it, basically. It's because, you know, I saw my dad, uh, we came from that uh, middle class uh, <laughs> illusion, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So my dad was sort of like fighting battles, which is just natural, you know, but uh, money was sort of difficult. Uh, so his financial state was sort of difficult, and uh, we all acknowledged that in the house. My mother uh, was, a, was a school teacher. She used to work, uh, you know. Uh, so they were both trying to contribute to, you know, making the family uh, right or like putting us in the right place uh, because, you know, they just loved us or you know, they just wanted us all to get there. So that was the whole point. Otherwise, you know, what are we doing here? If we're not planning to get comfortable. So I realized how difficult it was for him. Um, I guess it has more than one reason, you know. Uh, first, of, first off, um, you know, uh, it was a struggle for him to to deal with, you know, different kinds of people. Uh, when he had like, I guess, I guess he was like, a, like I said, he was a pillar of strength, right? And his uh, moral values, his principles, uh, were, you know, absolute. Right, he's a God-fearing man, right? And we're Druze, so it's a bit different. So we're we're monotheists, different. Uh, so to us, as a minority in in uh, in the Arab world, wherever we are, really, um, it's uh, I would say it, it takes a bit of translation, right, uh, to to get through societal uh, uh, what would you call them ideals, you know whatever it is, because we're just absolutely different. <clears throat> uh, the fact that, you know, I know, I knew my father was, you know, um, you know, a, a God fearing man, like I said, and he was a very good person. You know, he was never, he was never like, uh, he was never the bad guy, right? Uh, just when he had us, you know, when he had kids. So that, that's what I mean. It was very difficult for me to see uh, him suffer financially or worry about financial problems. Uh, knowing him and how dedicated he was to making our world better and, uh, you know, putting in the 300% effort to, you know, to keep us afloat, right? To keep us going. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I saw his eyes, you know, it, it was like, uh, it was like, you know, the, we'd be watching TV and I'd see the guy, he's like sitting over there and he had that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> darkened eye. His pupils were both darker than they would have been. Right. He was just a bit less worried, right? Uh, so it kind of made me mad as well. Um, and I saw it, you know, I figured I have to, I have to run a mile, I have to sprint. It's, it's sort of like a, a marathon. Yeah, yeah. so I, I waited to get to, I, to get to a better place and, and it was always like the building block. It's what, it was, it's what caused me to, to try and uh, always push, push forward drive my momentum further you know that was it yeah. i will come I, back to it and i still do i, I want to talk about that like uh, because i want to i want to relate to i want the people to know who is Ali. you know who are you and, and i think what you mentioned about um about your dad resonates with a lot of not just arab dads i know it's very much we we kind of but but your dad's uh, yeah they break our hearts all the time yeah, I mean, it's... You it's, went through a lot, man. Like, now you're still... And you're still going through it. Like, I really need to help. 
That's yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think I think like it's just it's just, um, you know, the situation in our, you know, like in our countries, the, the choices we have to make and and um, dads in general, I'm not saying just Arab dads, but I think dads in general very much keep this bottled up inside and they don't share it with uh, with the family and they don't share that pain because if you think about it the father figure is somebody who cannot show the pain and believe it or not internally they 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 are hurting and they have pain but they don't show it because if they show it uh how would the rest feel you know how they feel kind of yeah not not it's that could be part of it but it's also you know if a dad is showing that he's breaking down or anything like that then it's it will cause worry to others so when you say that yeah. your father's eyes darken it's a mechanism i think in my opinion it's a mechanism to internalize the pain and and shield you guys from it and i think it's very important to, it's very important to notice that because this is really the unsung these are really the unsung heroes of of you know, our, our childhood and 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 the, the people that you know all these dads who are never like they're never in the spotlight. Never been silent. Yeah, they're just in pain and silence, and, and and until the bitter end, and they just keep going, keep going, keep going, and they don't share these pains with you. By example, but yet you understand at the end. You understand, you know, the reason and during. You understand the reason what they've been through, what why they were doing it, and all that. So I think it's a very uh, interesting topic that we would take a full episode to discuss. To be very honest. Um, yeah, it's cool, man. It's, uh, before I, 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 before I, example and yeah, yeah, how yeah. to do it without saying a thing. Exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah. I mean, this topic I could go on forever. I, 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 yeah. I, I want people to know who you are. And I know we jumped super into like a, a very, um, uh, you know, like deep topics, and that's the reason why I want you in the show. And and just before you, just I just want a small context, give people a context of, of who you are. But before you do, I wanna, <laughs> I want people to have a taste of of basically how this this show came to be, this specific show. Um, apart yeah, from the time that I, I I you know met Ala back in university. Um, Ala checked one of our posts on Instagram. You checked some of the posts and you looked at some of the episodes. And I saw you comment and you're like, but they talk Hanak and I want to speak. I was like, what's going? Miss you guys. And I don't know what. And I'm like, who is this? Who's this guy at Agama? I didn't know who that, that was you. I honestly, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know who that, who that was. And, and then I realized that it was you. And then we started chatting. We spoke. I sent you my number so we can speak um, on on um, you know on WhatsApp. And guys, I have to say, Ala is is, and it's so funny because just now, just recently, Shia LaBeouf did this um, uh, did this uh, table read, charity table read with all these actors called uh, it's like Fast Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and he is playing. Oh, Jeff I didn't Sp- check that one yet. Yeah, you should. And he is he's playing Jeff Spicoli, who's Sean Penn's character, and uh, everywhere he blew, he took the internet by storm. And basically, Jennifer Aniston had a nice reunion with Brad Pitt, but everyone was focused on Shia LaBeouf and how he was doing the acting and stuff. And 
the reason I'm mentioning this is because when you were sending me voice notes and the way you were speaking to me, I was like, this guy is ex- acting exactly, <laughs> exactly like that uh, Shia LaBeouf on that table read. He's like, and now the, the way you came on with, you know, your tank top is the same. And with the headphones, you know, the wireless headphones. <laughs> <laughs> the, the hair and the hot hair and all that. Like, yeah, just check it out. <laughs> just check it out. Yeah, like, and it, it, and it's just, good. it was just, that's the feeling that I got with the show. And you're like, there's something going on in your head. I can't quite explain when you were sending me these voice notes. I was like, this is going to be a weird show. I tell you that. And then I'm like, okay, let's wing this one. So that's my my side of this show i want you to just talk about just briefly who who you who you are right now um you know who you are right now not how you were before just who you are right now who is ala abi ali briefly please uh, i don't know man it's uh i'm that person that was defined by my father's dark and die and uh you know i gathered lots of uh you know information and aspirations along my you know years of life and uh today it's all about keeping up with the grit keeping the grit in line uh in order to you know get some more fulfillment and you know achieve uh you know <laughs> get again that sense of accomplishment and then Like I went through all these loops or like I uh, acquired all these traits. Uh, I tried that out. I tried this out. I, they're all like skill sets, right? And, uh, you know, just trying to make myself proud uh, every day. And that's been the same. My father used to be, right? Uh, I had a speed bump uh, along the way. So it was like, uh, it's, it's just figuring out who I really am, right? So it was, um, I went through like five a good five years of, of uh, depression and uh, you know I had too many reasons uh, that uh, basically I, I figured out why and it was like in a series of uh, reasoning uh, you know I'd say philosophies right it was all linked to um, you know not being able to uh, you know hit the pedal even harder that's basically it Uh, so that's that. That was uh, that was a life-changing experience. It, it wasted a lot of time. That hurt a yeah. lot. Yeah. And uh, now I'm in a whole other place, man. You know, like uh, I have a, I have a whole uh, different uh, routine to take care of. Um, you know, I took I took a good beating, and uh, you know, I figured out uh, it's now or never. Uh, if anything, it's that that statement. It's just lot more uh, relevant uh, yeah. Pressing. Yeah, yeah 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 it's a lot more effective i think man uh, like given this this period that you 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 spent which is unfortunately is a long time um it's really it's really affects you know and i think you know we kind of like we didn't um, so for my side i think we didn't keep in touch after university i, I know that for a fact and it, for whatever reason that, that is i can blame i can blame that's why myself. i started <laughs> And then no, no, I can blame myself too, man. No, I but if you think about it, Instagram. no, it's it's interesting <laughs> because because you know, <laughs> but you know what's interesting is the fact that that um, 
this guy you know, you know now this, that, that you can, yeah exactly and then uh, now that you are in a position that you can talk about it i think then that you have achieved so much you have you have crossed that uh, that uh, part i think that's important like you can't you can't now live in the in the past you need to yeah. you need to خلص, close that slate and and really just take it and you know what what i would say is you might think that uh, again it's your personal uh, uh, attitude or what what you are feeling i might be wrong but you could think that you might have been thinking that you were in depression but you weren't actually because you know I, i know from experience that when somebody says i am depressed it's what does the what does it really mean there is so many there's so many aspects to it so many so many different interpretations of it you know and i think that for you that you were in a a rough patch that was a prolonged rough patch but the good part is that you have realized this and we are now going to the next step so um this is this is i think i think of the most important part or key takeaway from here that's and, that's the thing about depression right that's what you were saying it's like depression uh It's, it, it sort of stops you uh, in track when you hear somebody saying I'm depressed it's because you want to figure out why and you know you realize for a fact that um, you know what the hell is there to be depressed about considering you're in you're on the other other side of the yeah. the, the field and so the the grass is greener mm-hmm. when you're a listener you may be you may be in another place Uh, but you know telling somebody who's depressed that you know you have no reason to be depressed right now it's, it's always uh it's always like oh man, man, man you just like sort of you know uh, that's definitely i don't i i, I don't agree with that yeah i don't agree with that because you yeah, don't but, but know. what you were saying it's, it's still valid man it's uh actually it makes a lot it makes a lot of sense it's you don't know how to answer because you realize that anybody who is uh depressed or thinks they're depressed is actually in that uh, place where you know they were disappointed at, at a certain decision that they took or you know a certain outcome that took place because of a you know a slip or something that they were just uh, what would you call it they they, uh, they were uh, negligent towards uh, you know they gave it the yeah. neutrality and they should have they should have done something else uh, so yeah that's that's i guess that is the reason uh, behind depression it really should be it Uh, it's like you know, I didn't handle that right. Uh, that happened. I got this. I got that. Uh, you know, and now you're in that uh, dark. Now, yeah, now you're in a darker place. You know, that's that's basically it. So I guess it's you're trying to correct yourself. So it is sort of like that slingshot thing. Uh, I just yeah, popped out in a word. I, I just think. I just you think my. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think. I just think that. Um, If you come and you say you're depressed, okay, let's say you were doing something, you made a mistake, and then now you are depressed because of it. I have no right to come and tell somebody and say, no, you're not actually depressed. Maybe the way they internalize it, the way that they react to it is different. And I have no right to come and say how somebody should feel because maybe they react differently. All I'm saying is maybe as a key word of advice is look, look at the situation. Look at this. There's that amazing quote. If it's not going to matter in five years, don't waste five minutes on it, right? Don't waste five minutes on it. If there's something that you made a mistake and it hasn't changed you as a person, there is a mistake that happened and people make mistakes and you accept a certain degree and accept that you will never be perfect. 
accept the the degrees of mistakes, then uh, this is super normal. And to be very honest with you, I am the first person to come and say, when I make a mistake, it affects me greatly. Do I get depressed? No, I don't get depressed. I get angry. I get mad. I hate myself. I don't get depressed. I get depressed maybe at the later stage, and maybe, again, that's not even depression. And, and again, this topic, we can discuss it for days, but I, I just want to put that out there and say... Um, Definitely just just look at the situation before you come and say, I am depressed. Because to say you are depressed is a whole big thing. And and uh, really, it takes time to really understand that. For you to come and say, I was depressed, you know? Um, yeah. That's, that's... It's just, uh, it's the truth, man. I mean, the word depressed was there because of, uh, because of it had the reason. And uh, no matter uh, how I feel about, you know, Personally, it's about getting over your problems, you know, trying to limit the, the dramatic effect of reacting to, mm-hmm. um, you know, a problem, problems. Uh, that uh, that depression, you know, that uh, that I acknowledged uh, was 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 true, man. It was real. I couldn't feel anything. It it was mm-hmm. I was alive, but I don't know what to say. It was like. Uh, I was like in this other body, right? It was just... You're just there. Like it's solid. Yeah, yeah it's, it's solid, man. Yeah, it's, it, was, it, was, it was confined. It was, very, it was very confining and I just couldn't even breathe the same way. I, I, was, I was used to, uh, you know, uh, I, was, I was used to having wider eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, and, and at that point, it was just... Mm. Down, downer, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was too confining. And and so Ala, moving away from uh, this topic might be still related somehow. I want to get into some of the the topics you shared with me. Uh, some of the things that I felt you said you wanted to talk about. Uh, what, so the first one is an intuitive nightmare equals a pandemic. Yeah. Please um, you know, elaborate <laughs> on that. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's a funny one, right? Uh, so, I think um, everybody uh, growing up, right? Uh, you always had these expectations. You're always looking to forward towards something. But at the same time, you had these obstacles you had to go to. Um, so you developed a certain level of intuition. So you start to expect things, and uh, you start to assume things. You build, you develop perceptions. And <clears throat> that's basically uh, uh, that's basically sort of like the human experience. So I, I was reading a book by uh, Max Turner, and um, it's about the human ego. And uh, in the first chapter, there was a passage that I, I don't believe I'll ever forget. Uh, it's like uh, it says that you know when a child is born, he is brought upon this motley mixture. So everything is mixed up. You know, everything around them. This is just a mixture of things. <clears throat> and since the day that the child is born, <clears throat> he or she is trying to achieve or like move towards self-assertion. They want to know who they are. They want to become more independent just simply because they're trying to put their feet on, on the ground. They're trying to stand upright. You know, now they're using language to sing. So um, that, that passage ends with an with a amazing uh, sentence. Uh, phrase uh, 
he says the battle for self-assertion is um, is unavoidable. It's because you know every child that is brought out to the world sort of battling it out. You know whether it was uh, trying to play a game on the on the PS or using a computer or like checking out a smartphone or meeting other kids. So you know one kid throw another kid in there. They're both trying to figure out what it is. So it's sort of like a who am I? Who are you? How are we figuring this out? <laughs> and that's how you build communities. And that's it. It's like a battle for self-assertion. <clears throat> so that intuition I'm talking about. Uh, the intuitive nightmare is uh, is basically how worried you are. You know your expectations about uh, <laughs> your expectations may fall out of place, may fall out of line, and uh, you know you start. It's like it's like a defense mechanism. You're always it's, you could be assuming the worst. The worst could happen, and that in itself is a nightmare. Whether it's you know actualized or not, mm. it's just you're assuming. You know, get away from, stay away from the nightmare. I do not want to have a bad dream. Uh, and then, you know, on the flip side, on the contrary, it's, uh, it's the pandemic. Like, it's the worst that could happen. What, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Global yeah. scale destruction. Yeah. You know, everybody's worried. Now you're locked down. You have something real to worry about. So I guess it's, I, I sort of like objectified it. It was like, but it's like zooming out of one human, an individualistic mm. experience to a, broad scale so I, how many uh, people were worried about the, what the worst what what could happen you know how, how bad could it get so think about the human the, the global population and pandemic politics cultural constriction societies now i get it now i get what you're saying yeah yeah. yeah i get what you're saying because i think i think it's like you living that normal life but you still have this nightmare oh my god what if tomorrow something happens what if i lose my job what it's if i uh, yeah. whatever it's and like that's, that's at very one point you have worse at uh, the worst the you know I, I don't know how if we're saying you know the, the worst that it could be on top of your existing nightmares exactly. and, this, and this is what everybody is going you know so i wouldn't i would i would like challenge you don't want to say that intuitive nightmare equals the pandemic i would say i would just put the the less than sign less than the less pandemic. than less than the pandemic i'd say it's less than more than and or equal if i put all three of them in the same one night because uh, <laughs> even um, if it's uh, if, even if it's the truth on the long run right but it's it still makes sense i i like to get off my chair here i don't want to stop i want to stop i don't want to stomp my toe on the on the table now i'm worried about the table and that's permanent because the table is always going to be there until I move my house. So now this is like, avoid the nightmare. You know? Yeah, yeah. I like how <laughs> you explain Piling up all these knowns. I like how no, you No, 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 no. And then one day you're just, and this, everybody's, everything is a no. Whatever, I'm tired. I'm, I'm really tired. I'm frustrated. Well, I, I want to move to the next, next topic. Coronavirus. What's, what's your quick solution to this? Everybody dies. <laughs> Click that big coronavirus button on your table and everybody dies. I think my question was poorly timed. It's like, what's a quick solution? It's coronavirus. Everybody dies. It was not. That's it. I'm Chinese. Nobody gets it. That's okay. You try learning Chinese. Oh my God. Why do I have to learn English? 
Oh my god. Okay, I don't know how to even react. There's to that. a big Corona button on his table. Whoever that was, there was just like a big COVID nineteen button. All of you die. Okay. Blur. Yeah. Blur. All of you guys. I'm, 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 this is this whole section is going out. Okay. Um, okay. The next next not. point. Yeah, yeah. Don't, it's no. relative. Relative. Don't. So Do the not. next point, you say, when time stands still. Dot dot dot. Why was it your yeah. father's decision? Question mark. Exclamation mark. I do not understand this sentence at all. I had to use grand. I had to pick the word grandfather. It's, uh, it's just, I used the word grandfather by choice. I had to go through a list of whose fault was it. It had to be the grandfather. It's tearing, huh? It makes your eyes want to tear. Because your grandfather was like the building block. Then it was your father and your mother. And then it was you. So at some point in the day, you know, when you're like really bored and don't even call it bored. It's just, you got there, you know, you've had breakfast, went to your job, finished this, finished that, talked to this guy, talked to that person, uh, you know, fed your cat, took your dog for a walk, went to the gym, all that productive stuff done, clear, tick, 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 tick. And then you got that to that place. You still have like what six hours before bedtime, and then you were just like, time stood still, it's too silent. What's going on? You know, it was your grandfather's fault because I said so. You should have been there playing some music, telling you, hey, man, let's go for another walk. That's his fault. Oh, my God. Okay, so yeah, I understand you You are extrapolating this decision at that point in time for you to come to all this point. No, for it's like passion. when you run out of decisions. The point is like when you run out of decisions to make. It's like, I've done it all. What am I going to do now? You know, it was your grandfather's fault. should have told you more. You know, tell your grandfather... Next time you have one, you know, given the situation, I tell them to give you more ideas, you know, read a book, uh, draw something, uh, go learn some sculpting, experiment, try, try it out for yourself, carve something, carpentry is fun, you know, try to get more creative, take on coloring, get some crayons, turn into a five-year-old again, whatever, get some Legos, build something weird. So, uh, your grandfather uh, did not tell you to do that as yeah. a 30 year old it's his fault for I mean next time you have a grandfather make sure he knows this honest this is honestly I never looked at this in this way um, probably you need to get a list and write it down and send it and then just say you know this is what you need to send it to your grandfather yeah, yeah. and then I, when I listen, when I become one I should say by the way if there's any point in your life when you get bored, make sure that this you start you start uh, coloring again at at the age of thirty. Great, great advice. Like I don't want to point my finger, at Grandpa. You know I don't want to point my finger, but you know you should have told me these things. You know I don't know what you were thinking. You know I like to play games. You know games are nice. You you don't like to play games. You don't play games. Come on. Very interesting way of looking at it. I have not thought about that way at all. 
Okay. Um, okay, let's... let's for that man. It, it's... The grandpa's old. It's his fault. I'm just kidding, come on. I know. It should okay. yeah, That's what I'm saying. It yeah, yeah. It's a metaphor. It's a figure of speech. It's supposed to be funny. <clears throat> so here in, in, in some of the continuation of, of what I was, uh, you know, how, when I was introducing you, you talked about poetry, you talked about words, you talked about music, and here you're saying sound is philosophy and words pave the way. Oh, that's a good one. I got that one a bit later. Figured that one out a bit later. I mean, really figured it out. I always had it. I mean, what, what are words? Why, why, they, why, why do they mean anything? What was language? How did we even start to make sense of words? What the hell was that, you know? And, you know, um, since we're Druze, we had that thing as well. Words really mean a lot. So uh, it's, it's always the words that you use that uh, sort of pave the way, whether you're you know, using them inside your head or using them in public, right? If you're talking to people or it's the way that you think, it's, it's words that pave the way. So it's, how, it's how you think. That I understand. So, you know, you, that I can agree yeah. with. And, and uh, usually, uh, I mean, people are defined by their language. I think I've, I've said it once before. Definition. People, people, are, people are defined by their language. The part that I don't understand in, in the sentence is sound is philosophy. How does that, what does that relate to? I don't understand what you mean by sound is philosophy. It's actually... Uh, it's actually always a personal experience, but <clears throat> because you know sounds uh, or music in general, um, it's it's always an expression, right? So you're always trying to say something, and uh, whatever you're trying to say is linked to a culture, a belief, uh, some kind of societal construct, or personal experience, some ideal, a lesson, and whatever it is that you're trying to bring out. So you'd have to, uh, you know sort of form the link between, uh, you know, what music means to you uh, and what philosophies you follow in your life, whether or not you actually call them philosophies, you know, because they, they usually are philosophies. If you, if you search for it, you're always going to find the philosopher who talked about it. It's, it's a thing. So sound is philosophy. Um, I guess that's, that's a bit difficult for, um, for anybody, you know, uh, I guess the, uh, the majority of people to, to, to translate. Uh, but, you know, when you listen to a song, um, try to define every element within that song, every sound within it. Figure out what that means. Like, what's a drum line? What does it mean philosophically? So why do you like oh, house? Okay, okay. At, at 120 BPM, why would you like dub at like 90? Why would you like German bass at 160? And how do you just jump into Psytrance at 190? You know, what makes you like hip hop, like easy, chill out beats? What makes you like, you know, or drum? You get it? So it's always a philosophy, right? It's who you are, it's your identity. So what's, what's, a, what's, a, what's a composition? What, what does that mean to anyone? You know, like uh, Rachmaninoff. Uh, what, what was he trying to say with the complexities? And those, those, you know, complicated chords, the whole thing. I think I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah, because I thought I thought what you meant when you say sound. I thought you meant sound in general. So then, if it's, yeah, even in the, that's, that's why. I mean, because electronic but, music is, is not 
you can you can have an alien sound and electronic music. It, it could be a uh, could be Star Fine. Wars okay. on TV. You know? I understand. What that. I mean? So because 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 people uh, now I can I, if I could tweak it a bit and say music is philosophy in a way just to make it a bit more relatable. But I understand what you're saying. So for example, somebody might really resonate with hip hop music because you're listening to that song because either you are directly from that culture or you are somehow related to that culture in a different way or the struggles being talked about within that song you can relate to or you have been through the same i think this is also why people i mean we we we, it's been discussed everywhere this is also why people they kind of uh resonate with it or relate with it like you won't you know maybe a song that is super random that doesn't relate to you you won't like it as much or you listen to it for gratification or just because you're happy but some people get super deep into um uh, the meaning of well, the there weren't lyrics. Any words. yeah well if there weren't any lyrics then i think that it makes it a bit more difficult right however some people they they understand why these are, are good enough to understand why these sounds were used in these types of um songs for me i mean the words kind of like really hit hit you know if i listen to a song and i hear this person saying um a certain thing like um that's something that bothered them and maybe they choose in a different way you know the the music for example the, some of the recent music that i listened to uh, for burna boy his recent song uh, called bank on it uh the recent song bank on it to be honest, i don't know if you've heard if you've heard it but nope. it's done in a way where the song is like um it's like an acquire choir setting like as if he's singing in a church and the way he's and the way it starts is like there's a minute of very slow very different to his other songs where uh, he's starting he is starting slow and then he goes in this one there's like around a minute of quite like um you know and it's slow, uplifting slow. elevation and then yeah it's like it's then it's a very nice like song and, and bass to it and then there's choir people singing but the words, right. and I went to genius lyrics and I checked them out and then you, uh, you start to learn and see things. So this is, I think, yeah, I understand um, where it's coming from. That's why I think when you said sound to me is a bit misleading. Yeah, it's because I'm an electronic music producer, man. Like, uh, I always found myself more interested in the grimier sounds. Like I was always looking for it. Where is it? Mm. Where is it? Where is it? So it makes me select my music differently. And it's always, it's always the words more, uh, for me personally, it's always the words more, uh, what, would you, what would you call it? A steadier foot in the yeah. ground, right? Yeah. <clears throat> because I, because I want to, because I want to run harder. I want to jump. Right? That's why I always choose the grindier stuff. My, I want to move to the next uh, topic here. What I really liked is this question that you wrote here is, which I really liked. Am I an artist or am I an article? And can I can I attempt this first before you you just can you can I attempt the interpretation to this? Please, no. Yeah. When you say okay, so you're an artist in the way that you think, the way that you create the content that you create, whether it's music, poetry, and uh, or the way your brain comes to make things in in um, in your life, that's how you define yourself as an artist. 
yet you are also conflicted in a way of saying, are you an article? And now while saying it, I kind of understood what you meant because I was going to say, you might be somebody might be reading an article on the news and you're just that, but actually that's not what you meant. You meant you might be an article as in an object, correct? I meant both. So are you an artist or are you an article? So are you just trying to say things that you've heard about on the news or like mm. your friend showed you this social media blog post? You just, uh, what would you call it? Re, re-pronounce, re-translate. You, you parrot around or, you know, you're a, you're a Chinese whisper. So you heard it over there and now you're talking about it like it's the hype of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, this thing is happening over there. Everybody's worried about it. And, you know, the thing is blah, blah, blah. And what he said and what she said, what happened there and this thing on the news. And, you know, they even showed you like 20 years ago. Are you that conversation all the time? Or are you making up your conversation? So are you an artist or are you an article? Because either way, you're throwing out an article. Either way, you're saying something. So are you saying what, what your friends said at work most of the time or, you know, what, what's, what the word on the street is? Whatever but, but there, that means. But there's two, there's two issues there. The own, the, your own the, material. Yeah. There's two things there. Coming up with your own material, which is great, and people can know that it sounds genuine and stuff yet how do you how do you how can others who probably don't know you as well or don't believe you how can they verify it that's number one number two the second part to that is if you're an article and you are or what defines you being an article if you are somebody like many people say oh did you hear i heard that by the way did you hear about this and we all do that does that constitute us being an article? No, how often how often do you gossip, man? Like how, how often is your life revolving around gossip? That's that's basically it. That's what I meant. Like mm. uh how much of other people's drama or you know gossip do you involve in your daily life as opposed to being able to open open a new door or just you know, just be that person. A deer's a door open. That's the door that's, that I open. Yeah, write that's your own story. I, I put up and now it's open. No, that's what you're doing with your podcast, man. That's why I was so uh, happy for you. Like, you're, you were always the people's person. And you always had that uh, inspired thing going on. It's like you were always elevated. You were always feeling good. And it's like you really wanted the good feeling to be around all the time. So this podcast, I guess, was was one way for you as, as your unit mate, you know, I met you for that long. I figured out that this podcast was your way to like put things in place, right? So bring everyone on, let's see what they're saying. You know, let's, let's, fi- let's find out, let's figure out who they are, what, what they want to tell the world, how I can be a medium to channel that out, to push it through, you know, and then that, that kind of makes sense because everybody deserves to say something, right? And that, that's you. So this is the same thing. This is this is the idea. So are you the artist, or are you talking about other people's problems? You know, mm-hmm. in your case, get everybody on the show. <laughs> let's make them. Let's make them talk. Now you're an article. You're your own article now. <laughs> you know, here's some art. And but, it's, yeah, it's it's like a, a mix of both or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, stop worrying. You're talking about at home. I don't want to visit you. And like, hey, let's talk about how bad that thing was. Bob did it, you know? Like, hey, 
Did the list, list of questions? No? Think about it. Get on my show. Let's talk about it. No, you're on me. Let's talk. Come on. What you want to say, you know? What you, you got to like say? Bring it out. You like this Listen. accent a lot. You like this yeah, accent. Yeah, I want to know. I just want to know. What's going on? I like that you you related to that. Thank you. I was... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I didn't, I, again, yeah, I never thought of it that way. This next one, you say, my life is a labyrinth of my own making. But why is it, yeah. a, lab why is it a labyrinth? Why, I don't understand all, li all lives are never like a straight path. It's a maze that you have to navigate and, and you, you actually build this maze. You make your own bed, as they say. You put yourself or almost every decision. But can't you, can't you agree with me and say, your life is not always what you make it. There's always external factors that cause you to make certain decisions or people who don't have the privilege to always um, take their life in the direction that they, they want to do. Yes, they may make a decision, but also a lot of external factors put them to where they are. Don't you agree with that? Oh, yeah, man, you're right. Your experience is always uh, built you, shaped you. And uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the labyrinth in itself. So if, if I let's just think about that day you were young and uh, you thought about going to school tomorrow and uh, uh, that uh, I really don't want it. 6 a.m. Go to just get to class and there's books. You need to understand this thing. This guy is bullying me, man. Like he's not even talking, but you. Know, well, what, what the, uh, it's a labyrinth, you know, you're, you are your own labyrinth. And whatever that problem was, it was just you, it was just what you went through, who you were at that point in time. And, uh, you know, you just carried that along, along the years. It just kept, you kept going with it. And now you are your own language. That's, that's back to the words thing. You know, it's like, uh, words define who you are. So you're going to walk down the street and you want to avoid getting hit by a car. You really don't know when. The speeding car is just gonna jump up and smash you, man. Like yesterday, <laughs> that's why it's like a labyrinth because you just you really don't know, man. Like is this building gonna catch fire? Is it so nuclear holocaust? When, when's that gonna happen? So it's it's always that endless question. Are you really don't know anything? That's a labyrinth. Yesterday, man, I was driving by the ports in Abu Dhabi. I, I get a tea there and just like sit down like in my I sit in my car mm -hmm. all by myself when the weather is better I just like get out of the car you know whatever work out there uh, but I was just driving out of the, out of the port I had my tea listened to my music read a few pages of my book whatever got some thoughts out and spoke to a few people on whatsapp I was driving out and this friggin dog Stray dog out of nowhere just leaps at my window, man. And I was thinking about it. You gotta be a man, and you know, you gotta do the right thing. You gotta stick by your mom. You gotta stick by your sister. And I had like, I bought this new knife that's gorgeous, man. It's a beautiful. I love knives. Just saying, I love knives. I actually love them. So I have this amazing knife, man. It's like a, it has like an ivory handle and like, and the holster, the pocket is just thick leather. It's beautiful. So I'm doing the whole. You know, I'm doing this right thing. My mom, my sister, you know, look at this knife. <laughs> I just worked out and this dog leaps at my window and in one second, man, 
this old, you know, pick pick yeah. it up and flex yeah. your do you right like a man turns into a <laughs> I just friggin' shrieked, bro. I shrieked like a woman screaming and the dog <laughs> you know, scared the hell out of me, man. Labyrinth. What just happened? Everything that you thought you were just came crashing. Something wrong. Yeah, yeah. Everything <laughs> that you thought you were, you came crashing down and you found yourself in one of the rooms you've never been in before. That's yeah, you had that basic tone and all of a sudden... <laughs> done. Yeah. And then you're just driving and... Yeah, bro. <laughs> and you're like, hey, okay. I thought the story was going to go a very different way. I'm glad that it Get didn't back go in line. Uh, I'm glad that it Alignment. didn't go that I thought it was. So... Um, I want to ask you two final questions um, and just answer this next one really quickly for me and I love to ask this question um, what do you think of the name of the show? Nobody's famous so I don't want to be grim man nobody is famous really no matter how famous you get there's going to be somebody who's a little more famous than you are and one day you're going to hit the casket man you know? you're getting out of here but nobody's really famous you're just here to say something gonna say it and you're gonna leave awesome man. beautiful good job it's like here's the Stand good guy here's the bad so <laughs> yeah i mean you know he's more famous it's awesome you can it's keep awesome. trying but you know one day i mean this, i mean this whole this whole show has been quite grim so i think this really ties it quite well so i think we're okay with the grimness yeah. um it's a good name man thank you Thank you so much, Ala, for being on the show. I want to I wanna sign us off here and say, make sure you guys watch this show on YouTube. Uh, check us out on SoundCloud, Al-Rami, uh, Instagram, uh, you know, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, any place you want to listen to podcasts, we are on it. It's been Ala Abi Ali. Thank you so much, buddy, for tuning in. And thanks for joining us on the Nobody's Famous Podcast. That has been the show with the one and the only على أبي علي. That's what's up.